What is going on, guys? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I am Jeff, and thank you very much for stopping in with me uh, today. We're going to uh, talk about a lot of stuff going on. You know, it's been a, a bloody, bloody uh, April. Uh, the start of the year has been, you know, abysmal. I think it's the worst it's been since 1942 for uh, weakest starts to the year. Uh, so we're going to cover all that. We're going to cover what's going on, why things are getting worse right now. Uh, a couple things that I think we might see going forward and uh, some some other earnings that uh, we're also watching from this past week that we didn't cover on last episode. Uh, so, you know, we got a lot going on for episode number 76 here and uh, we're going to take a look at all that. But uh, first, I wanted to say if you are looking to get started, I've got links in the description for the different brokerages that I use. If they can help you uh, get started, go ahead and use my link. We both get a little bit of kickback on that. Uh, so. Hopefully that'll uh, that'll help you get going in the right direction. So we've got Webull, Crypto.com, Finance, and E-Trade. Uh, and that's just what I use. I know there's a lot of other good brokerages out there as well. But uh, if you need a link, go ahead and use it. And uh, also, if you want to help keep this podcast uh, as ad-free as possible, you can uh, help support the podcast by going over to anchor.fm slash let it grow. And you can uh, donate to the show for as little as 99 cents a month. And that would mean the world to me also. But um, yeah. So as we're getting into this uh, this week, we were talking about all the different stocks that are going to be reporting. It was a, a very, very busy week. We had, you know, from tech to uh, consumer staples, every everyone in between was all reporting. Um, so a, a lot of mixed results. And uh, some of the companies that we thought were going to do fairly decent, um, you know, they kind of sold off on, on a decent quarter. And then, you know, companies like Facebook had a mixed quarter, but, uh, you know, they, they kind of pulled back in some areas. They said, we're not spending as much on the metaverse. Uh, we're still growing that reels and the stories and uh, the, the short format videos. We're trying to compete with TikTok. We understand we got the competition. So they really put that uh, that you know, kind of ease the fears of what's going on, you know, problems from last quarter, they had a, a terrible previous quarter. And then they announced that they were going to be spending billions on the metaverse. So ultimately, they came into the quarter already weak. So they got mixed results, but uh, that sent them higher. And that was a lot to do because they had that focus, they kind of regained some some composure. And uh, ultimately, I think they eased uh, some fears that people had with buying into the whole meta platform um, mindset that they were really going after uh, versus, you know, company like we talked about, uh, you know, Microsoft, they had a, a good quarter, you know, the gaming was a little light and then they sold off, um, which, you know, I guess it's kind of that, that stay at home trend that gaming is falling. Activision was uh, going down, um, you know, Call of Duty titles were sales weren't as good. So that brought them down. And uh, I, I don't think that the, the Microsoft Activision has been finalized, but uh, they're looking to mer or looking to buy Activision. So you know, there's a lot of different stuff going on out there. We'll see how that all plays out. We had uh, Qualcomm come out with a beat, and I know we've been talking about that one a lot. They had a really weak uh, PE before that. It was only about a 12 times forward earnings. Uh, so that one, as I had said before, when it gets back down to that 140 range, I will ride that wave back up. I don't think chip sales are going to fall off. 
Uh, I know that they are more than a mobile handset uh, company. And that was part of the reason that they were weak prior was because a lot of people saw that uh, the, the handheld devices were slowing. But uh, I mean, if you look at Qualcomm, they're looking to get into all the other AI and uh, autonomous driving, things like that. They're really looking to um, be more than just that handset chip maker provider that a lot of people know them as. Uh, so they had a decent quarter and then they went up higher as well. Um, Pinterest had a beat. I'm not, I don't really follow Pinterest too much. I just saw that over here. Uh, we talked to Google, that one. Uh, a lot of people are trying to swing it as a loss. Uh, truth be told, I think that it was a uh, some weakness on some Russian numbers, some YouTube numbers, but they still returned a double digit growth in the YouTube segment. We had Apple come out. Um, and they said that they're facing supply chain headwinds in China. Um, you know, about 8 billion that they figure they might not get in sales due to this, uh, the supply chain hiccups due to COVID and other factory shutdowns. Um, but ultimately they did go ahead and raise their dividend. I think they raised it about 4%, uh, which is only about a penny, penny and a half. But, um, they also went ahead and announced uh, stock buybacks for about $90 billion. So they see the weakness. They've got tons of cash on the balance sheet. So they are ready to buy their own stock. They will be buying about $90 billion uh, over the next, uh, I'm sure, probably about a year, year and a half. So that is uh, in the works. They will be buying when the market is down. Uh, so you kind of know that you've got a little bit of help there. If the market does go down, Apple's probably going to be in there buying their own stock with you. Uh, so Apple's one that I would continually buy into any weakness. Uh, it's one that I think you can kind of, um, you know, have some safety, have some growth. And uh, ultimately, it's one that I would hold on to uh, for the foreseeable future unless something drastically changes. It's a long term hold for me. <clears throat> so one that I think would probably serve you well. Um so take a look at that one. See if that's something that fits your portfolio and your time frame. And uh, understand that tech and growth is, is kind of being punished right now. And if you can ride that uh, wave, I, I think you're going to be good to go. Um, then we had Amazon come out and they reported, uh, you know, some some weaker revenues. They, they forecasted down. Um, they said that their costs are rising faster than their sales and their growth is. Uh, so they had a... Not not so great quarter. They are down. Uh, they were down fourteen percent on Friday, or fourteen percent between Thursday and Friday, maybe after hours, and that is the worst uh, one day performance since two thousand six. Um, but you know, if you were watching the market on Friday, it was decent, and then just turned to complete awfulness. It was it was not a fun day. Um, you know, the NASDAQ for April's down, uh, I think it's like 10%, 12%, something like that. Overall, the, the Dow and S&P were, were down as well, just not as bad as that, that tech-heavy NASDAQ. So all things that I think you should uh, be uh, looking at, I do think that when we get out of some of these inflation fears, COVID fears, that'll certainly help Apple in the way of China. It's going to help people with Amazon as, as well, kind of get back to uh, cutting some of their costs for some of the different precautions that they have and things going on. Um, and also, you know, kind of get more people back into uh, the workflow. And once they kind of fill a lot of these jobs, if, if you know, we have a rising inflation 
and people don't have as much money, they're going to have to get back to work. So I, I think that should help uh, some of the labor problems and some of the, the high wages. Uh, but so going forward, why did uh, why did we have such a bad sell off on Friday? And uh, this was announced Thursday. I think it kind of got glanced over. It really didn't hit the market until, you know, I think everyone kind of settled out from some of the earnings uh, Thursday afternoon into Friday morning. And it, we kind of traded those names. And then ultimately, I think people just took profits and, and they ran with it. Um, so that news that came out was that the economy contracted about 1.4% on the GDP. GDP is your gross domestic product. Basically, everything that your country makes, all goods and services that then go and uh, get bought up by consumers. Um, so now our, our numbers falling about 1.4%. It was supposed to be still growth. But uh, when you have that number coming down and inflation going up, it's going to lead to a possible stagflation, a stagnant economy and uh, rising prices. Uh, that's a bad spot to be as a consumer, and it makes it really hard for the for the country to get a footing. Uh, we know that the Fed is trying to do this. They're trying to put it into a, a recession. They're trying to raise these rates to slow spending. And this, again, as we had talked about last time with some of the inflation numbers coming down, or uh, was it the PC, PCE, the the price uh, index where consumers are paying, uh, they're still paying more. And then we had that inflation number come down a bit. Uh, so we did see kind of an inflection point on that read. And now we're seeing this GDP contract. <clears throat> so once uh, once these interest rates keep going up, there's really just not as much appetite for buying. Uh, so we do have some more uh, uh, meetings with the Fed. We've got um, pretty much every month. So we've got uh, May 3rd and 4th, there's a meeting. June 14th, 15th, there's a meeting. And ultimately, I, I kind of am seeing a trend that the market and the fear is uh, causing these sell-off prior to these meetings. We had the same thing happen last month. And now uh, this Friday, we sold off prior to this long weekend. And then, uh, you know, May 3rd and 4th is going to be what? Uh Wednesday, no, Tuesday, Wednesday. And so before that, you know, I think a lot of people are getting out, they're getting ready to the see these rate hikes that they that they might announce. Uh, and then once we digest that, I think we can go up. Uh, it's just going to be kind of seat of the pants, kind of where's the market going? What's the Fed going to do? No one, no one wants to fight the Fed. You fight the Fed, you're, you're probably going to lose. That's just how it's going to work unless you've got uh, some some really tricky trading going on. Um, there's definitely some stuff that is just not going to work right now. And then, you know, I think we could see the same thing around June 14th, 15th, maybe a few days prior to that meeting. We could also see a sell off. Um, so, you know, as we had talked uh, last time, the uh, the VIX had been trending higher. Currently, we're at about a 33.4. And uh, that is pretty much peak fear. Uh, above 35 is uh, is about as peak as you're going to get. Uh, around 20 is, you know, a lot more uh, calm, if you will. So if you uh, wanted to go ahead and buy something, if that number gets over 35, uh, I think that's going to be at that low point. Uh, then when that fear dies down, say if it gets into the teens or low 20s, that could be a time to uh, go ahead and sell some stuff off because we're going through these cycles right now 
Uh, you know, that being said, if you're not a, got the trader mindset, uh, I will say that, uh, you know, if we do enter a recession, which is looking more and more likely uh, after a recession, we have to know that returns grow increasingly positive the farther out you go after a recession. Sounds probably kind of common knowledge, but I think a lot of people need to hear that as reassurance that things will get better. Um, you know, stocks more often than not go up versus down, especially as a broad index. You might have one stock that, uh, you know, the company is going to fail or, you know, go bankrupt this at the other. But um, overall, that market is going to continue to go higher. So for me, with the if the VIX is at a 33 and I've got a, a company that I really want to uh, build a position in, now might be a good time to do that, knowing that you have a longer uh, time horizon. If you're if you're trying to trade it, uh, you know, you could certainly see some more pain in the short term, but uh, long term, I think we'll be OK. And then, uh, yeah, the uh, the longer you stay invested, the less likely you are to lose money. So, again, you know, if you plan to buy now uh, high VIX, you know, companies are contracting, the PEs are coming down, uh, people don't want to overpay for stocks. So we see these these prices get too cheap. And then ultimately, I think there's going to be buyers uh, especially long term. So if you look at it like that and you know that there's a you know light at the end of the tunnel, uh, I definitely think that you can use these uh, dips as a buying uh, you know way to get into some some names for a good bit cheaper. Uh, so that being said, uh, I'm still looking to buy a lot of the same companies. I'm looking to uh, get into some of these uh, you know large cap tech names as the uh, the PEs are down, as the prices are down for a long term gain. You know, I'm still looking at Amazon, uh, Apple, Google. Uh, those three are, are ones that I'd really like to add to right now. Uh, still looking to um, add to some some Tesla, possibly if we get back lower. Uh, I did want to say that uh, Elon has sold, I think, about $8 billion worth of Tesla shares uh, with talks of him not se uh, selling any more of the shares currently. That could change as he needs to raise more capital. Capital capital. But, um, you know, he needs to, to sell in order to have this Twitter acquisition go through. So there it has been a lot of, of uh, downside pressure on Tesla stock. Um, as we said last time, you know, a lot of people are, are worried about what happens to Tesla if uh, Elon gets more wrapped up in Twitter, if he needs to uh, sell these these stocks or, uh, you know, having the margin on the the other shares that he's putting up as collateral for a loan. Um, so there's a lot of different things going on with Tesla currently about 870. And, um, you know, it's, it's still one that I think that we really have to pay attention to. Uh, currently they have about a 12% upside, but, uh, one that I still think is going to do great long-term. And, uh, it's just about that entry point for me. I don't want to you know, buy when it's at 1200, I'd much rather buy when we're at 870 and going through some weakness. Uh, we've, we've seen, you know, Elon do this time and time again, where he can kind of pivot and make this work and uh, still have the company run and deliver great numbers. So still one that I would like to uh, hold long term and, uh, you know, probably start adding if we if we stay down here for any kind of length of time and we find a base. So that's what I got going on here. Uh, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about uh, what to look for when you're looking to add to some names uh, and really how to narrow down into 
uh, the names that you really want to buy, your high conviction names and how to pick between this, that, you know, and the other company. So we'll come back. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the investing challenge over on the Facebook group. We are currently on week 18. We will announce the winner for that. And then we will be on to week 19. And uh, we're going to look at those stocks as well. So stick around. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back here on Let It Grow. And uh, as promised, I wanted to do a little quick dive into how we uh, look for stocks to buy and uh, what what you could set up on a screener to ultimately, um, you know, generally look at things that are going to set you up for some stocks that are going to give you long term gains. Um, so first off, you want to figure out what kind of sectors you're looking into. If you're looking into tech, if you've got uh, you got more plans for growth, uh, that could certainly be that. You could uh, look at a uh, a growth rate, a compound annual growth rate, or a CAGR uh, for other stocks that might not be kind of uh, deemed as growth stocks, or they're not in tech. But uh, say you're looking at some smaller startups in the way of. Uh, food or consumer staples or, or any other sector. There's always ways to look at uh, companies with higher growth rates. Uh, as we talked about before, you can look at a peg ratio, uh, which is the price earnings over your growth rate, your uh, revenue growth rate. So it would be, you know, uh, say if a company's got a PE of, uh, we've used the example of 20 before, which is a little bit higher than where the S&P normally is. But if they're growing at a 20% rate, that would give you a uh, peg ratio of one. Anything under one is generally considered uh, to have a, uh, a discount. You know, you're getting more growth than what you're paying for. So generally a lower than one peg ratio is, uh, is considered a good value. Um, so now you look at that, you look at, uh, you're looking at earnings per share. Is that trending upwards? Is it going, is it going down? Is there a reason that it's going down? Uh, you're looking at the dividend. You're looking at dividend increases. You're looking at companies issuing more buybacks to buy back more of their own shares. You can look at things like the uh, the insider purchases. Are, are executives buying this stock? Uh, sometimes when they're buying it, they either think that things are going to go up or that they're simply just too cheap right now. So you can kind of gauge off of some of their... Um, expertise and their insider knowledge they have to report those numbers those buys that they uh, that they do for any given stock or sells so if they're selling it um, sometimes you know they're they're looking to get capital for a purchase or you know this that or the other but uh, oftentimes if you see multiple people selling out of a stock before quarter reports it could be a sign that things are getting bad so you might want to keep track of that um, even if you're already invested in the stock and you're not looking to buy it, you might want to set up some alerts of uh, insider sales. So you can use all these different things to um, kind of compare your your companies. You know, you can look at if it's banks, you're looking at book value, you're looking at intrinsic value. You can do a, a free cash flow uh, for all these companies and see if they're getting more money from their operations over time. Uh, we want to see more more funds coming into the business than going out. Uh, so there's a lot of different things that are going to break down individual companies. There's different metrics that different uh, types of businesses are going to use. You know, we talk about like user growth on platforms that are like social media or, uh, you know, Netflix, things like that. 
Uh, and then in like the airline space, you're looking at uh, how many seats are filled, seat capacity, and uh, just some different, uh, I mean, hotels kind of do that same thing, occupied rooms and, you know, kind of your operating efficiency, how much, you know, is your marketing, getting people in the door, things like that. Um, so then when you're looking at, uh, you say you narrow it down to, hey, I want to look into uh, industrial companies, you know, thinking uh, Honeywell and, and other companies that are looking to really make things. You know, how are we, we picking, you know, Caterpillar over Honeywell or, you know, Lockheed, you know, wh which one's the best? Uh, I'm really looking at uh, a couple different things. But, uh, you know, you're looking at that growth, as I said. I'm looking at the payout ratio of the dividends. Do they have enough money to withstand any tough times? You're, you're really looking at balance sheet and uh, just that overall safety that that company provides you. Uh, we've seen companies like Apple and Google have stellar balance sheets. Uh, I believe Google actually is trying to get down to a net uh, neutral on their balance sheet. They've got way too much cash for what they want. So they're looking to spend some of it, spend some of it. They're looking to do those buybacks. And they've also announced that, uh, that uh, cash on the balance sheet is going to be declining because they don't want to have as much. They want to put it into growing the company. Uh, so if you're more growth focused, something like that might uh, be a benefit to you, where if you think that you want to have a, a company, say like Berkshire Hathaway, where they have always been uh, very conservative. They're looking to have more cash on the balance sheet to weather any downturn, to buy up other companies when, uh, when bad news does strike. They want to have that cash as a safety net. So different companies having different amounts of cash on the balance sheet uh, can mean different things. So it's all sector-based and really for you to know the company in and out uh, enough to be comfortable buying these names. So your conviction in a name also depends on, um, you know, really, you know, if you had to pick 10 names, I don't want to see you pick 10 of the same names, but you really want to know, um, you know, if you buy a consumer staple or a utility or a conglomerate, you really want to have that diversity and know that these are the companies that you know in and out. And that's one of the reasons I said not to buy, you know, 70 stocks. You really want to have, you know, your your uh, market weight be about 5%, maybe 10% if you want 10 stocks in your portfolio. But uh, I think that 20 number is probably a good mixture to have some good diversity in between your sectors. And uh, ultimately, you know, write it down on paper. If there's, uh, you know, you got a watch list of companies, narrow it down to, you know, maybe 20. That gives you a good mixture of all the different things that you're looking at that really set you up for uh, gains in the years to come. Um, you know, food stocks are great, but they, they're not going to give you as much growth normally. So if we're, we're trying to, you know, make a piece of a pie, you kind of want to have a good mixture for where you're at and your, uh, your timeline, how much time you've got uh, to invest or how much time until retirement or you need the money. And then ultimately, you know, set that roadmap up ahead of time. I want to have, you know, say $5,000 of these 10 companies, and then we'll look to branch out. Uh, and not all of them are always going to be a buy. Uh, so you really need to look at what's going on in the market. And uh, is this company trading too expensive right now? If I buy it now, 
what's the probability that I'm going to, you know, really see gains sooner than later. So take all that into account and uh, really look at what your your long-term goals are and try to diversify in the sectors, uh, having this knowledge of where these companies are going to go over time. And uh, I think that'll set you up uh, with proper planning to really, you know, diversify your, your portfolio and set yourself up for long-term gains.